0: we sang that the verse that had the word yield in it or, or surrender uh, I remember hearing a story of someone went to uh, a Christian meeting and there were people doing all sorts of things with their arms and they'd never seen it like this before and uh, his friend said to me what, what did you make of all of that uh, and he said I didn't really know what was going on except it looked like they were surrendering and I thought well that's it remember the cowboy movies you put your hands up it's Surrendering. Uh, as, or, yes, I, yeah. Or voting. Yeah, count me in. It's another possibility, I suppose, of what might be going on there. Right, let's uh, just some of the words of some of the things we sing just make, I, have, I just have to. Okay, let's switch across. Okay. Do you. Do you remember that? Hold the of trying to stay awake during the sermon. Um, so this is the sermon. Uh, way back, uh, uh, in some respects. I had quite a, I want to mean sad background, I don't mean uh, that sort of sad. I mean, uh, there were bits of it that nobody else was doing summers the way I did them because I was a choir boy in St Anne's Cathedral and when my friends were going off to sports camp or scout camp or BB camp or uh, whatever the the camps were, I was going off on cathedral camp, okay, Uh, which meant I used to go to places like uh, York Minster or Canterbury Cathedral um, to sing in the choir when their choirs were having the summer off. And uh, my mommy used to, uh, there was always that moment when uh, we called it a grip. Do you remember when a big hold all was called a grip? Uh, And you could have put me in it, right? Uh, But you had to get the grip out, and it was put on the bed the day before. And then you got one of your jotters from, because I started this when I was about P6 in school. Uh, You got a jotter out that you hadn't used all the pages in, and you had to write a list of everything that went in. And I could never figure out, why would you need 14 pairs of socks for a fortnight? Because, you know, should you just... (laughs) Yeah. I remember... (laughs) I remember hearing somebody put a sweetie inside each pair of socks for their child going away on camp, uh, as we surprised for them, and of course, when they got home, the sweeties were still... (laughs) had had never been found. Uh, Okay. Soap in a wee plastic box, yeah, which was fine on the way out, but on the way home, uh, it got everywhere, didn't it? So you had to make a wee list of everything you were going to take for every eventuality. So being... Living on an island out in the Atlantic, uh, you had to be able to cope with a tornado uh, as well as with a heat wave. So it all went in the bag. Uh, and when you set off to carry it on holiday, it was just impossible, wasn't it? Uh, You couldn't possibly take it with you. Everything that was expected to go. I've been staring at that a bit this week, trying to work out what on earth is all of that? And how could you possibly cycle with that? So in the Bible, there is a chapter that fits this moment very well. Now, I've been uh, doing this week course at Bible College, and it's all about interpreting the Bible and how you interpret the Bible. And one of the phrases that they've introduced us to is something called prophetic equivalence. That's quite a phrase, and you won't need this in normal life, so don't, uh, don't panic about this. But You will need it in your spiritual life. So I shouldn't have said your normal life and then your spiritual life. Your spiritual life is part of our normal life. Uh, But the idea is that when you find a passage of Scripture in the Bible that you think applies to the situation that you're in, um, you have to have a bit of wisdom and the guiding of the Holy Spirit as to how you apply it. So um, in times of strain and stress, 23rd Psalm is very common for us to dive into and to be looking at and yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil Uh, and that's very comforting and we apply it to our lives for your rod and your staff and then you have to think wonder what that could be in this situation but sometimes when we're trying to apply the bible to our own situations you have to stop and think well maybe that bit can't be taken literally like that Uh, And it has to mean something. Or maybe you can't get it to line up with something in your situation. And that's fine. Don't force it to mean something if it can't mean something. So prodigal son story is another great one. Uh, If you've got a a relative or a friend or something who seems distant, the prodigal son story shares with you the heart of the person who waits and waits in faith. Uh, Sometimes we need to think, or am I the older brother who's glad to see him gone? And maybe I need to learn something from that as well about the hardness in my heart. Anyway, whatever whatever it is, prophetic equivalence is a skill that we we all probably use at times, but have maybe never stopped to think about how we're using it. So I want to uh, take you to Joshua chapter three because Joshua chapter three is at a, a big moment where we've had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five big books of the Old Testament that are the foundation of of the whole Israelite nation and of their faith. And it's all just there. And then the next book is Joshua. And the start of Joshua is the changeover from what has gone before, all the stories of Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and uh, of uh, Egypt and Moses and the trekking across the wilderness. And then we get to this moment where There's a transition to something else, and I'd like to suggest that the prophetic equivalence of this is something like the summer holidays. And if you're working in education, um, I'm hoping that during your summer holidays, at some point, you start to think and pray and plan for September and what's going to happen there. Uh, If you've been working hard in any profession or in any job, I'm hoping you're getting some kind of summer break. But as part of that, uh, I'm hoping we're thinking and praying about, well, what will it be like when I go back? Do, are there any things God wants to teach me about in terms of my attitudes or my thinking, or if you've got any responsibility, how I'm going to plan that or work that out? But what is, what is this Sabbath summer type thing that we have talked about, these holy days, holidays, and what's going on in this? Uh, is it just about deepening my tan? or avoiding deepening my tan, or shedding a few pounds? Uh, is, is this all it's about, getting a few mementos from some other part of the world to put on a shelf? Or is, is this a season in which God wants to wrestle with us a bit about, well, what would September be like? Now, um, I, I grew up, I'm sure I've said this before, Paul's dad was our minister when we were teenagers and young adults. And uh, we used to love September uh, when Norman, uh, he was our rector, uh, came back because very clearly he had spent time listening to God and thinking of what what is the winter? What are the sorts of things we could be trying to achieve? Now, I'm hoping you think I do that because I do do that. And that's, that's part of our plan over the summer is to intentionally do that. And during the summer in these sermons, uh, different people will be sharing with us some of the, how we can all be doing that. Because this isn't the reserve of people with collars around their necks. This is the reserve. This is for everybody. Uh, the season of recreation of Holy Day when we're able to assess our lives and think about maybe starting in new ways or uh, adding something to So let me read to you from Joshua chapter three. They've just spent 40 years in a wilderness under the leadership of Moses and some others, Uh, but it's coming to an end. There's a new chapter opening up. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out and came to the River Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. Right, are you getting that? The wilderness days are coming to an end. They're about to move into the promised land. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. Now, see that three days? I'm going to suggest to you for a wee moment that that is one of those prophetic equivalence things that we need to interpret that into our lives. But I also want to say to you that I don't think for a moment that it is literal. In other words, that God's going to do something on Wednesday of this week, right, because that would be three days. So that's one of these wee moments when you have to think, what could that possibly mean written into the scriptures for us? Well, could I tell you that, um, do you remember that story? I'll tell you, it's in Genesis 22, where Abraham took the promised child, remember? The miracle child, the child that he and Sarah couldn't have. And then this child is born through the activity of God. Now, allow that prophetic equivalence to go in your head. Child born through the activity of God. And at one point, Abraham is told by God to take that child and offer that child as a sacrifice now of course the child is rescued and we're told that God provides the sacrifice now do your prophetic equivalence on that what is being imaged for us in the story of Abraham that we will see much much later in the Bible could I tell you that and um, That story of Abraham and the sacrifice of the child or the non-sacrifice of the child starts in Genesis 22 verse 4 with this, on the third day, right? you getting that? On the third day, the three days. During the wilderness wanderings in Exodus chapter 19, we reach the point where God is struggling with his people. And Moses and the Lord said to Moses Exodus 19:10 Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow have them wash their clothes because on there's a day coming when the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people and they will be given the 10 commandments this new way of living as a new community where death and destruction will no longer be part of their lives honor and respect will be given to them And we're told in Exodus 19, verse 11, that that day will be the third day. Story of Esther. Uh, During the exiles, so much, much later than those other two stories, when the Israelites have been taken away from Israel, we've talked about that lots, Uh, there comes a moment when the emperor decides he's having enough of these Israelites. He's been given some fake news about them, and he's decided to wipe them out. Uh, And Esther, there's a great story, a long story of how Esther... um, Embraces things that she wouldn't normally have embraced in her faith, but finds herself deliberately and intentionally as the queen, the wife of the emperor. Deliberately, because she wants to save the lives of the people of her nation. And she eventually picks up the courage to go and talk to the emperor. And he says, what is it, Queen Esther? What's your request? Even up to half the kingdom, I will give it to you. We're told in the verse before that, that it was the third day. Now, there's no reason to tell us these things, that it's the third day, except that we're being given a clue about something. Jesus, 30 years of age, he's been working in a carpenter's workshop all his life so far, sneaking off to the temple to mix with the elders and the teachers of the law. He's been learning and growing. Uh, he, he, he reaches a moment where his mother thinks it's about time he started living out his destiny. It's a wedding at Cana in Galilee. It's in John chapter 2. And John starts the story off by saying, it was the third day. And of course, Jesus goes on to tell them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. So whatever third day means... In the Bible, it's usually a wee clue as God wanting to do something with a person or with people. So I want to ask a wee question. Whatever your summer's like, could we be in a three-day thing? Could you be? Could I be? Could I be setting some of this time aside to wait for that? And it's not three days. It's It's a waiting time a time of expectation, of faith growing. Could God be asking me to do something more or new or different or setting some things behind, moving on from something? It could be in your work, could be in your family, could be where you live, could be in church, could be in your faith. Whatever the summer, whatever we planned, Have you ever thought of wherever you're going on your holidays, could I get online and find an interesting-looking church that maybe God could speak to me in somewhere like that? Could this summer be a three days? Even out in the garden, could there be something of meeting with God? (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to be doing that. Wow. Could this summer be a time when, rather than just getting away from everything, we—it's okay to be getting away from everything. But could we also be getting deeper into something? Maybe trying to ask God, what could I be, what could I be learning, and growing in? Joshua goes on to say to them, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, because through the wilderness they have walked behind this, this thing that they carry on poles and it contains the Ten Commandments, a big box uh, famous from um, Indiana Jones, if you've ever watched the movies, uh, the searching for this box. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. And what I think uh, the prophetic equivalence in that bit is, is that uh, Joshua was saying to them, um, you, you won't learn this new thing or you won't go deeper or something unless you actually get up and position yourself. You need to move out from your positions and follow this box. Uh, so God can break into our lives at any moment. But maybe as we look across July and August ahead of us, we need to be thinking, what could I do to put myself in the place where I could hear? Could I decide to read a whole book of the Bible? Could I decide I'm going to go to a bookshop and buy something? Is there a podcast? And during the summer, uh, different people will be sharing with us a wee bit of the sorts of things they do uh, to help us get ideas like that. But there is something in this about... uh, you can't do this just sitting where we've always sat. There needs to be something from us that says, I want to join in. I want to see if I can pursue this moving of God in our lives, in our church, in our community. What do I need to do? Let me, would, would you watch and listen to a wee bit of music? Oh. Huh. What's happened? Can I go back? Who signed? Who said? It's
1: good. Hit record.
0: Sh- Let me go back. Right. We're ready. We're ready. Okay, everybody. Here we go with our new hit record, Sugar. You know the song? Everybody knows the wee tune, don't you? Who's the band? Anybody? I was hoping that. Some of you are looking at each other thinking you might have a guess. Anybody a guess? Somebody's got it here. Where was it? The Archers. Not Archers, that's a very old farming radio show. (laughs) But Archies. The Archies, but Mervin, you're brilliant. You're there. You've sung that in Benidorm, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I could see you. Is he embarrassing? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that too. Okay. The Archies, because apparently the lead singer was called Archie something or other. What else have they written? What else other hits have they had? That's exactly right. None. Um, Yeah, they lived off of that one forever, yeah. Now the Jordan was in flood. They're crossing this River Jordan at the Promised Land. Now the Jordan was in flood, yet as soon as the feet of the priests who carried the ark touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. The priests who carried the ark stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Did you see that fourth line down? The water piled up in a heap a great distance away. Whew. Does that sound like another part of the story? Do you remember when they were coming out of Egypt and they were being pursued by the chariots and they got to the Red Sea and they said, what do we do now? Moses, look what you've done to us. We've only got sea in front of us and a rampant army behind us. Moses held the staff up. The water went up in a big heap and they walked through. Forty years later, no one that walked through the water that day was still alive. Moses didn't even get to cross this river. Yeah, but they all knew the story because it had been repeated over and over and over. The story of how God took them through the water on dry land. And it's kind of like, okay, you can't live on that story. You have to live on the story God's doing with you. It's good to know the story because it revives your faith. It encourages you, makes you believe. But God is also in the now the here and the now. So when they went into the promised land, they weren't just living off of the miracle that their fathers and mothers and their grandfathers and grandmothers had been telling them about. They were living off the evidence of God moving in their midst. You see, my mum was a wonderful saint of God, so was my dad, but... Not as quite verbal as my mum about it. Maybe I'll put it that way. Uh, but I can't live off of everything my mum and dad believed and thought and did. So there's something, there's something about this summer waiting, this expectation in our lives of uh, could God move among us? what would that I heard this in a podcast this week logic will get you from A to B but imagination will get you from A to anywhere now I don't know what you make of something like that I'd like to replace imagination with faith logic will get you from A to B but faith will get you from A to anywhere because there's something about whatever it is you decide this summer is about wrestling with God with, about your life, family, work, church, community, the nations, politics, uh, whatever it is you're wrestling with, whatever the river is that needs to be crossed. Um, logic will only get you a certain part of the way. There needs to be something enlivened in us, which is faith. Um, So let me just finish with one more wee verse here out of Joshua 3. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And of course, tomorrow doesn't mean Monday. He may do amazing things tomorrow and Monday, but it's a looking forwards. It's a setting ourselves holy days with a faith dimension to it. That it's not just about retreating away from things. It is that, but it's retreating away from things so that we can face things and learn about things, mix with God on things. There's a verse for the summer, Joshua 3, 5. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things for you. Could we sing? Let's, uh, let's just stand and turn this into prayer.